God, we love you. And we are thankful for you. Thankful for your presence in this place. Thankful for a, a place to go where we can sing your praise, where we can open up your word and dive in and learn something new, or even just, just re, uh, reacquaint ourselves with who you are and what you've done in our lives. God, I just pray that this morning would be a powerful morning as we talk about your Holy Spirit. God, would you remind us of who he is? Would you convict us? Would you challenge us to need more of him in our lives this week? God, I just uh, I pray that you would speak through me this morning. God, would the words that are coming out of my mouth not be my words, but would they be your words for your people on your day? God, no one came to hear from Pastor Chris today. We all come to hear from you, me included. God, I just pray that you would, you would just speak through your word. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We are in week three this morning of our series, More Than a Feeling, uh, and we have been talking through what we believe, why we believe it, and why it's important. Our culture that we live in today is a culture where, uh, where truth is not really truth, right? We have kind of objective truth. If you have your truth and I have my truth, I base my truth on what I feel like. You base your truth on what you feel like. Uh, that's kind of the way our, our culture runs now. We have facts and we have alternative facts. We have different things and different feelings and all kinds of stuff. And, and that's just not where we are in our faith. Our faith is not based on feeling. It is not based on opinion. Our faith is based on truth and the truth that we find in this word. So it's important for us as people who claim to believe in Jesus to understand what we believe and why we believe it and why it's important. So when people ask us, hey, why do you believe in God? Our answer is more than a feeling. Why do you believe in Jesus? It's more than a feeling. God has revealed himself through this word to us, and this is what I know about God. This is what I know about Jesus. And today we're going to finish off the, the Trinity. Of, we're going to finish off the Trinity talking about the Holy Spirit. But I just want to remind you where we've been. We've talked about God, the God, the, the holy, just creator of all things, a God who is eternal, a God who is all-knowing, uh, and that's kind of mind-blowing sometimes, a God who knows everything about you and everything about me, everything I've done, everything I will do and there is nothing in my past or in my future that can make God love me more or less. God is all-knowing. He knows it all, but he still loves me. All right, and there's Jesus. Who is Jesus? Last week, we, I hope, I encourage you to read all of the I am statements in John. We didn't talk about them last week, but I encourage you to read that because Jesus gives us a glimpse in his own words of who he is. But last week, we talked through Philippians 2. What does Philippians 2 teach us about who Jesus is? Jesus is God who took the form of a human who died on a cross for you and for me so that one day every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. That is, that is a huge statement and a huge statement to, to say yes to. But I challenge you, I hope you've thought about that this week as we've, as we've talked about who is Jesus. This week, uh, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. And uh, it's funny, people get a little weird sometimes when you start talking about the Holy Spirit. It's kind of a, a thing that we, we, we know, right? We have name recognition of the Holy Spirit. But as soon as we pose the question a different way and say, how is the Holy Spirit active in your life? Sometimes the conversation can shut down a little bit. Because we're not really, sometimes we're not really sure. Or sometimes we know how the Spirit should be in our lives, but sometimes we just don't see it in our own. So who, who is this, who is the Holy Spirit? 
What do we know about the Holy Spirit? I think the crazy thing is, if you were to be stranded on an island, uh, and you were there, and all that you had was the Bible, and you read the Bible, you believed the Bible, and you came back and you started going to a church, your mind would be blown. Because what you read in the Bible would tell you that the Holy Spirit is, is, if not the essential to the Christian life, a very clear essential to the Christian life. You would know that the disciples did some amazing things through the power of the Holy Spirit. You would know that the early church lived lives that looked weird because the Holy Spirit was guiding and directing them and they made huge differences in their lives. Man, the Holy Spirit is so important, so essential to the Christian life. And sometimes we just kind of, okay, we take a step back and we say, okay, I understand the Holy Spirit. I understand he's a piece of God. But we kind of stop there. and We don't allow the Holy Spirit to move and guide and direct our lives. And so this, this uh, I mean, even me personally, when I accepted the call to ministry, I began to just really dive into Scripture. I, I jokingly talk about the island thing, but I, I began to really dive into Scripture when I accepted a call to ministry. And I began to read all of the things that the early Christians were doing through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I went and I talked to a few different pastors because I was concerned. Where is this power today? I would ask them. I sat in a couple people's I sat in my professor's office. Where is this power? If this is true, if, the, if this book is true, if the Holy Spirit is a real thing, where is this power that I see in this book? I don't see healing going on. I don't see miracles going on. I don't see you know, lives being just utterly just changed because of the Holy Spirit. I just don't see any of it. And, and he said, you know what? Where we live today in America, there are a lot of people who really feel like they just don't need the Holy Spirit. Because we have this kind of sense in America, pull up your bootstraps and do it yourself and get it done. And we kind of, we don't want help. We don't feel like we necessarily need help. And when he said that, I kind of stepped back a little bit and I thought, you know, that might be, that might be right. But at the same time, I can't get away from this. I can't get away from this feeling that the Holy Spirit is so essential to your life and mine if we claim Christ. So what does it look like? What, is, what, is it, what do we believe about the Holy Spirit and why is it important? You know, Jesus actually talks about the Holy Spirit a few times in Scripture. I want to read three of those this morning. Uh, and we'll start in John chapter 14. So John chapter 14, if you want to go there with me. If you're in one of the Pew Bibles on page 927, uh, John chapter 14. We're going to read a couple of scriptures this morning. Uh, we're going to kind of, actually, we're going to read a lot of scripture this morning. We're going to move around a lot and talk about the Holy Spirit. But I want to read, just to, just to lay the foundation, <clears throat> what does Jesus say about the Holy Spirit? How, how important is the Holy Spirit to Jesus? Why, what does he tell us? What does he teach us? In his own words, these are the red letters in scripture. John chapter 14, we're going to read verse 15 to 17 here first. And then we'll skip ahead a little bit. Verse 15 in John chapter 14. If you love me, keep my commands. 
And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Let's skip ahead, same, same chapter, chapter 14, verse 25. All this I have spoken while with you, while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid. Let's skip ahead to chapter 16 here. Read something else that Jesus is saying about the Holy Spirit, starting in verse 7. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin because people do not believe in me about righteousness, because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine." That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. I want to stop here after moving to our third passage and just kind of unpack what Jesus is trying to say here, what Jesus is saying here to his disciples. I just want to clarify, Jesus gives the Holy Spirit a name here. And in the NIV that I'm reading, he says advocate. Some of yours, uh, some of yours may say uh, comforter, uh, helper. Uh, companion, but here's the, the, the Greek word is paraclete, and here's what this means. The, it's a combination of a couple words here. Para means to be close by, close beside, right? Our Holy Spirit is right here, right now. The second word, cleat, is from the root word kaleo, which means to call. The disciples use this word. Paul uses this word when he says, I am called an apostle to the Gentiles. Right? This is, it, it, we have a Holy Spirit who is called to be close to us. Jesus even says that he is, he is in us. I mean, the Holy Spirit is, is and you, you remember in John chapter 14 when he said the Holy Spirit is in you. If you have accepted Christ in this room right now, the Holy Spirit is in you at this moment right now. You have received the Holy Spirit if you have received Jesus Christ. You have received the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is, is talking with him, with the disciples. Remember, in, in, uh, in John chapter 14, he also says, you'll receive another advocate. This word, another, in the Greek, means the, another of the same. You will receive another of the same advocate. 
The Holy Spirit that I, I remember, Jesus is talking to his disciples. Jesus has been with his disciples. He has been helping his disciples. He's been comforting his disciples. He has been teaching his disciples. Now he's saying, you will receive another teacher, another advocate, another helper, another comforter. And it is just like the same. You are receiving the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will be like me because the Holy Spirit is me. This is what Jesus is teaching his disciples. He's teaching that the Holy Spirit is going to be close to them. The Holy Spirit is going to teach them and guide them and be with them. And we wonder why in in John chapter 14, just a little bit before what we read in verse 12, Jesus says this, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. How does that make sense outside of the Holy Spirit? It doesn't. How are you and I going to do the same things that Jesus has done? In fact, even greater things, Jesus says, without the Holy Spirit, it will not happen. It cannot happen because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus Christ dwelling within each and every one of us. He is the one who empowers us to do everything that he is calling us to do. This is, this is just a, a picture of the Holy Spirit. You know, you can see why I was saying the Holy Spirit is so essential to the Christian life. We have to have it. We have to be in tune with it. And if we have the Holy Spirit, it should change things. If you have the Holy Spirit within you, it will change the way that you live. It should change the way that you live. So here's a question for you. Why do the lives of Christians look so similar to the lives of non-Christians? As you know, the divorce rate in the church is the same as outside. Did you know that just generosity is the same outside the church as it is for people who believe in Christ? As we have gone on and on in our culture, the, the line has become blurry. And it shouldn't be. Because if you and I have the Holy Spirit in our lives to guide us and direct us and to move us, our lives should look drastically different than those outside the church. Those who do not call themselves Christians. It'd be like this. If I, I was already kind of good at basketball in high school. Second in my league and three-pointers made. If I were to tell you that God gave me, God spoke to me one day and said, I'm just going to make you amazing at basketball. And you saw no change in my game. Would you believe me? No. And yet we wonder why the world does not believe us when we say that we've come to Christ. Because there should be a difference. And often there is not. So what does the Holy Spirit do in our lives? How does the Holy Spirit interact with us? How do we we live by the Spirit? A common phrase in Scripture. Well, there's a third third passage that I want to talk about this morning. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Just a few pages over from John. Uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus says this, 
about the Holy Spirit. I think this is just one of those phrases that you need to remember and remind yourselves of all the time when you're thinking about the Holy Spirit. And here's what he says in verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I want to just remind you of this one phrase that you can just, just tell yourself over and over and over again. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You are empowered by the Holy Spirit, whether you realize it or not. Hopefully you realize it. There are some things, there are some ways in which the Spirit moves in our life to empower us, to encourage us to move forward, to encourage us to live the way that God is asking us to live. How does the Spirit of God empower us? Well, I think one way the the Spirit of God empowers us is He empowers us to walk in the will of God. The Spirit of God is how we are able to walk in the will of God. And in the passage we read, John chapter 14, verse 26, says that the Spirit will teach us all things, and He will remind us of the things that Jesus has said to us. He says that to the disciples, He says that to us. The Holy Spirit will teach us all things, and He will remind us of the things that we have heard Jesus say to us. I mean, the Holy Spirit is a teacher. He's a guide. He's going to lead us in the will and in, in God's will. It's this, it's this voice in your head sometimes when you're walking down the street and he says, stop, I don't want you to go that way. I want you to go this way. There's someone I want you to talk to. There's someone I want you to, to see. There's something I want you to see. There's someone I want you to, to meet at this store. There's, there's something I want you to do, something I want you to see, something I want you to say. There's this voice that says, look at all, look at, look where I am taking you now go. It is impossible to walk in the will of God, to, to, to obey God without the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers us to do this. The Holy Spirit gives us the word to say. He gives us the actions. He, he empowers us to go and do what God is calling us to do. He gives us the power to walk in God's will. He gives us the power to share the gospel boldly. He gives us the words to say, like I just said, but also he gives us the opportunity. Sometimes the scariest thing to do is to share Christ with someone. You walk up to someone and you're in a conversation. Maybe you don't just walk up to them. Maybe it's someone that you know, someone that's in your home, and they're talking with you, and there's an opportunity to share Christ. We give ourselves some excuses sometimes. Well, I don't want to push them away. I don't want them to think I'm weird. I don't want them to reject me and not to be friends with me anymore. There's, there's all kinds of things that we tell ourselves and, and excuses that we use not to share the gospel. But like I said, the Holy Spirit gives us words to say. And as a Christian, the Spirit of God will give you a boldness and the words to say. Paul knew this. Paul even told the church in Corinth that, that this was the case when he was teaching them in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. If you want to go there with me, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, if you want to get there. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, Sorry, let me find my tab here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, here's what he says. And starting at verse 1, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with, the elo- with eloquence or human wisdom. I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with what? With a demonstration of the Spirit's power. 
so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Paul is saying, look, I don't come to you, I'm not the smartest guy. I don't come to you with all this wisdom. I don't come to you, I'm not like a Shakespearean poet. I don't do, I don't speak like this. I don't speak eloquently, but what I speak to you, I speak to you through the power of the Holy Spirit so you might grasp God's power. This, is, this could be my story as well. I hate speaking in front of people. When I was in college, I took a communication class and I had to do a speech on, uh, I, think, I don't remember what I did it on, I think I did it on the NBA, I did it on basketball, on the history of basketball, just something to get you in front of people and to do a speech, right? I was so scared. Even in college, it was my freshman year in college, I was so scared to get in front of people and to speak. I, I think I probably went through two shirts that day, just sweating profusely about, man, I'm going to have to get in front of people and speak. It's not even like I liked anybody in the classroom. It was just that I was so nervous to get up in front of everybody and speak. When I was in high school, I was the quiet kid. My basketball team would joke about me that I just didn't talk unless I wanted the ball. Right, that, this is what they would say to me. You don't talk unless you want us to pass you the ball. You've got to talk more. You've got to break out of your shell. That was a, that was a word, a phrase that people used to me all the time. Right, I, I know that the Holy Spirit is real because I can get up in front of you every single week and share the gospel. That is not from me. It's not me. I hate speaking in front of people. But I do it because this is, this is truth and the Holy Spirit empowers me. Right, the Holy Spirit empowers us to, to share the gospel. This is the, this is the power of the Spirit. Yeah, and even, even right now in this moment, the power of the Spirit is, is working. There are some times where, where I go through a sermon and I just think, man, that was like an awful sermon. I just, I'm so discouraged when I'm done. And then I walk out and someone says, you know what? That really spoke to me today when you said this. And, I, and I'm thinking in my head, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. That wasn't part of my, that wasn't in my notes. That wasn't anything that I said. That's the Holy Spirit taking what I'm saying and personalizing it for you. And the Holy Spirit does the same thing when you share the gospel with other people. You might not have the words to say. But the Holy Spirit knows exactly what to say. You might not be the most eloquent with words. The Holy Spirit is. And here's the, the crazy part is you'll be sharing the gospel with someone and they ask a question and in your head you're thinking, I don't know the answer to this question, but out of your mouth comes a verse that, that is just what they need to hear when they're asking this question. And afterwards you're thinking, what just happened? And I'll tell you what happened. It's the power of the Holy Spirit working in you. Making you bold to share the gospel. There's another example of this in Acts chapter 4, verse 31. There's a group of believers that are praying for Peter and John's release from prison. And they're in a house and they are praying. Uh, and uh, in verse 31 it says this, After they prayed, the place where they were, they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. They're praying for the release of their friends from prison. And after they're done praying, when they say amen, there's a shake in the house. They are all filled with the Holy Spirit. And what is, 
What does the author here let us know what's going on? They were able to speak the word of God boldly. This is what happens when the Holy Spirit empowers you. This is one of the ways that he empowers you. How, how else can the Holy Spirit empower you? The Holy Spirit empowers you to live a holy life. The Holy Spirit is what enables you to live a holy life, to live the way that God would have you and guide you and direct you to live, to live in a way that pleases him. There's a passage in Romans chapter 8. I told you we're going to flip all through scripture today. Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 5. <clears throat> Those who live, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. How do we Please, God. We need the Spirit. The Spirit empowers us to live the way that God is calling us to live. To live lives that please Him. You've heard about the conviction of the Holy Spirit. That's a common uh, thing that we talk about when we talk about the Holy Spirit, is how the Holy Spirit convicts us. This is why this is important. Because as the Holy Spirit is convicting us, He's not just Kind of, he's not condemning you. He's not just telling you how wrong you are. He's calling you out of something wrong, out of something that is called sin, and into something that is holy. The Holy Spirit is not like the, the gotcha part of God. The, the Holy Spirit is not the peace of God, the person of God who just tells you how wrong you are and tells you all the things you're doing wrong. He, the Holy Spirit is there to guide you, to call you out on that, but to call you into something else. Remember, the, the, the advocate, the, he's the one that is called close. He calls us, and he calls us from something into something else. And the thing that he is calling us into is a holy life. Amen. He empowers us to live a holy life. He convicts us. He lets you know we're wrong, convicts you, calls you out, but he's calling you into something new. Galatians chapter 5 talks a little bit about this as well. We know this as the fruit of the Spirit. But here's, here's what he says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The Holy Spirit moves you, guides you, convicts you calls you into something and, and calls you to live this holy life. There will always be a spiritual battle over your life. The Holy Spirit is the one who calls you out of the evil part, calls you out of the sin peace and into the holy peace, into the way that God would have you live. This is how he empowers you. The Spirit empowers you to live a holy life. Last way the, the Spirit empowers you, not the last way, but the last one I'm going to talk about today, uh, is that the Spirit empowers you by giving you gifts. Giving you spiritual gifts. I'm not talking about uh, material gifts. I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about anything like that. I'm talking about spiritual gifts that God gives you so that you would make a difference for Him. Right, in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 4, here's what it says. 
God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and very... I'll start at verse 1 because that, that's kind of catching up in the middle there. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through the angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape it if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Now, we're talking about salvation here. The Holy Spirit empowers our salvation, but he gives us gifts, spiritual gifts. There's a whole list in 1 Corinthians 12, and in Romans chapter 12, there's a whole list. Some of us have the gift of wisdom. Some of us have the gift of discernment. Some of us have the gift of prophecy, the ability to call people out of something and into something new and into something right. Some of us have the gift of giving or of serving or of encouragement or of administration, evangelism or mercy, teaching, discipleship. There is a a whole list of spiritual gifts that, that we can be given. In the past, we've gone through Kind of some assessments here at the church and a spiritual gifts assessment. How has God gifted me and empowered me? The Holy Spirit gives us, gives us these gifts. And if you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 12. I think I might have that switched. <clears throat> yeah, I do, definitely. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, probably, verse 4, maybe. Yep, there it is. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. You have been gifted by the Spirit. I would encourage you this week to read through. Read through 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Read through Romans chapter 12. Go online and just Google spiritual gifts assessment and just take as many as you can and see, see, see what you can find out about yourself. How has God gifted me? How has God enabled me? How is the Spirit guiding and directing me? How has the Spirit empowered me to live out my life for Him? He has given you spiritual gifts. Here's what I would leave you with this morning, just two things. Two kind of words of encouragement. Number one, Don't resist the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is an essential in your life as a Christian. It has to be. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. There's a passage in in Acts chapter 7. You don't have to go there. I'm just going to read it for you real quick. Stephen is, is, uh, is talking... He's talking to these people, and he, he basically calls them out on this. He says in, seven chapter, in chapter 7, verse 51, You stiff-necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. Instead, Be filled by His Spirit. Be filled by the Spirit. How do you know that you are filled by the Spirit? Well, go back to Galatians 5. Look at the fruit of the Spirit. 
love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. All of these things, are they, are they present in your life? This is the fruit of the Spirit. This is, this is what it looks like. This is what a life looks like when it is empowered by the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Don't resist the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Here's, here's my challenge to you this week. I want you to just take a paper every day. Take a piece of paper every day. And at the end of the day, I want you to just ask yourself a question. How was the Spirit at work in my life today? I want you to just become more aware of how the Spirit of God is moving in your life, moving in your family, moving in your work. I want you to understand. I want you to to sense it. And if at the end of the day you just think, I just don't see it. I don't think there was anything in my life that happened today that can be explained by the Holy Spirit. I just hope you would pray. And just just ask God, God, I need your spirit. God, show me your spirit. Show me how you're moving. Show me how you're working in my life. Show me how you're working and show me how your spirit is empowering me today. And as you as you write, I just would ask that you would pray. Before you even write, God, would you just reveal to me how your spirit was working in my life today? And after you after you write it down, God, thank you so much. Thank you for your guidance. Thank you for your direction. Thank you for your leadership. God, thank you for for showing me who you are through your spirit. Thank you for the power that you've given me through your spirit. Just let that be it. Let that become a habit. The spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is so important in your life and my life. Let's take some time this week and just watch for it. Let's pray. God, we love you. We give you thanks and praise for all that you've done in and through our lives. God, this morning we, we get to talk about your spirit. And I pray that the, the conversation does not end here. That as we leave, we go and we, we read about spiritual gifts. That we, we open up our own words and we talk about, hey, how, how has God gifted me? Which of these things do I feel like God has, has given to me? I, I, would you just guide us over that? Would you teach us? Would you, would you show us how you have empowered us, the gifts that you have given us? Would you show those to us? And would we go forward through the power of your spirit and live out that gift? Would we use that gift for your glory, not for ours? God, help us as we go forward. Would you be in our homes? Would you be in our workplaces? Would you be in our cars, in our conversations? Would you go ahead of us? Would you be in those conversations? Would you, would you guide those conversations? And would you help us to see the openings that you've created for us to share your word? God, we love you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning?
Uh, if you're new with us this morning, we end this service every way, uh, the same way every week. I just ask that you just, just hold out your hands and just receive a blessing as you go. Blessing from God. May our God, our God who empowers you through his spirit, a spirit that is not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and strength, would he go with you and go ahead of you? Would he teach you and challenge you this week as you think about his spirit? Would you be more aware of his spirit this week? And would you make a difference in your community through the power of the Holy Spirit? Go in the peace of Christ. In the name of the Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for coming this morning.